This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. Today is Tuesday. This is Ezubik. And we have the weekly shiur on the Mamban parsha. This week's parsha is Parshat Balak. And the central character in Parshat Balak, of course, is not Balak, but Bil'am ben Ba'or. There are a number of opinions uh, found in the commentaries, I think in Chazal as well, about the character, personality, the the spiritual stature of Bilam ben Ba'o. One of the famous uh, foci of that discussion, to the statement in Chazal, on the Pasuk, Lokam Israel od Kimoshe, and Chazal say there was no, there was never a prophet in Israel like Moshe. Chazal say, ah, in Israel like Moshe, but there was one like him in the nations of the world, namely Bil'am. The Gemara appears to be comparing the stature of Bil'am as a prophet of the nations to the stature of Moshe Rabbeinu. And some of us take this at face value. Uh, the Ramban, I don't plan to talk about the Shaman today, but as an introduction, the Ramban denies that. In fact, the Ramban denies that Bil'am was a Navi at all. In, in the Ramban's language, he has a certain definition of what it means to be a Navi. The Ramban says that Bil'am was not a Navi. In Pasuk, in Perik Chabet, Pasuk Lamed Aleph, Vayagel Hashem et Einei Bil'am, when Bil'am is traveling, and his donkey has seen the angel of God blocking the path, and he has not seen it. Then it says, Vayagel Hashem et Bil'am, and God uncovered the eyes of Bil'am. The Ramban says, Mizah katuv nilmat shebilam lo haya navi. Shim haya navi ech yitzterech v'gilui ha'inayim b'riyat ha'malach. Kashe yomar katuv. Ramban says that it's inconceivable of a person who was of the stature of a prophet that he should need this action called the galot enayim, uncovering of the eyes in order to see a malach. After all, people who are not, angel, who are not prophets see malachim when it says vayagel, as it says by Nar Elisha and Agar HaMitzrit. But the man here is making an assumption, which I'm sure is based on certain ideological considerations, which he hasn't made clear, that a person who is a prophet has the ability, if the malach is there, he would see malachim. So this belongs to a, a totally different uh, question as to nature, what it means to be a Navi. The Ramban clearly belongs to the category of uh, philosophers, of commentators, who think that a Navi is not someone who God speaks to, but a Navi is somebody who has the power of seeing more, of understanding, of, of seeing spiritual and hearing spiritual entities. And therefore, if the Malach is standing in front of Bil'am, I think the Rabban says Bil'am would see him, or in any event, it would not be, if he didn't see him, because God blinded him, or because the Malach didn't disclose himself, it wouldn't be Vayagel Hashem et Einei Bil'am. The phrase seems to mean that God gave the person, in this case Bil'am, an extra quality of vision. He uncovered his eyes. 
that, that's, that the ability to see spiritual entities should have been inherent in a Navi. And therefore, the man says, Bilam is not a Navi. Now, what does that mean? He, he clearly is going to be a Navi. And so the man says, well, yes, at, at this particular point, and only at this point, God granted him a nevuah, God granted him a vision and, and a speech for the sole and single purpose of blessing Israel and of uh, declaiming the prophecies concerning Israel then and in the future. That was the only time he was Navi, uh, and it would take place soon, and it was a special occurrence. His professional life was that was not that of a Navi, but that of a Kosem, of a sorcerer, someone who could curse and bless. That is a certain power, but not one of understanding or vision. He was not a seer. He couldn't see. Um, and in fact, the Ramban, in somewhat subtly, says, Bedam occasionally boasts, Yodea in Michael. Ramban explains that Bedam, at this point, was so impressed by his newfound ability that he boasted that he could see and that he understood and that he knew. But in fact, it wasn't really true. It was just true for the second that he was, he was exclaiming these exclamations because he had just now achieved it for the first time. Yeah, that, that, that's a bit in terms of background. The Mamban is not interested. He's, he's against placing Bilam on anywhere nearly a comparable level to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he explains the Gemara that I quoted beforehand, in a manner which doesn't imply that he was a great prophet, but merely that he had a prophecy. Um, the Ramban I want to talk about, or two Rambans actually, concern after Bil'am has basically totally disappointed Balak's expectations. And not cursed, but only blessed. And then Balak basically fires him, tells him to go home. And Bil'am says to Balak, okay, I'm going to go home, but before that, I have something to tell you. Vayomer Bil'am il Balak, Perek Chaf Dalid, Pasuk Yud Bet. After Balak tells him to go home, Vayomer Bil'am il Balak, Halogam el Malachecha Asher Shalachta Elai, Dibarti Lemo Imietenli Valak Meloveto, Kesef Vizahav, Lo Uchal Avorit Piadonai La Asa Tovar Rah, Milibi, Shege Deber Odonai Otoa Deber. Then he adds, Vata. And now, I'm going home, like you told me. The usual translation is, let me counsel you that which this people will do to your people in the end of days. is nearly always translated as counsel or advice. Let me give you a piece of advice. Let me counsel you that which this people will do to your people at the end of the days. Ramban this Pasuk quotes Rashi. L'cha He's going to 
in the next few psukim, the very last vision, the unsolicited vision of Bilam, will include a prophecy of destruction for Moab in the hands of Israel. And not a pleasant thing to say. He's going to do it anyhow. Therefore, he said to him, before that, I will give you a piece of advice. Uh, let me tell you something privately. Because counsel, advice, is done privately. I will tell you what to do. And then he quotes the Gemara in Rashi's quoting the Gemara in Perik Chedek, in Sechet Sanhedrin. He gave him a piece of advice how to get the better of Israel. And that piece of advice is what the very next Pasha the end of Pashat Balak will tell us the Znut of Benot Midian Vayachel Ha'am Znut of Benot Moav to engage them in immorality because Elohim Shalei Sonei Zimahu God totally despises and contemns sexual immorality and therefore if you can uh, entice them in that manner, you, you will benefit. It will cause a, a, a terrible thing for Israel. In other words, what Rashi has done, the Gemara, it's Gemara in Sanhedrin, is explain the otherwise inexplicable connection between the bulk of the Pasha, which is the Nevuot of Bil'am, and then the last few Psukim, the last nine psukim, Vayeshev Yisrael B'Shitim, Vayachel Ha'am Liznot Et Benot Moav, which led to uh, a magifah, many Jews being killed, they were uh, executed, and finally the story of uh, Pinchas and Zimri. So the answer is, it took, place, that it took place then, it took place while they were there. But the Gemara connects the two directly because of the pasuk, I Atzecha. Now, the reason presumably is because of the meaning of the word i atzacha. I will give you counsel. But then it says, I will counsel you what this people will do to your people in the end of the days. There's no counsel there. There's no advice. It's just the prophecy. I will tell you what this people will do to your people in the end of days. Not to mention, the end of days is a long time, a long time off. And therefore, there isn't much to counsel about. But there's also no counsel given. He simply says, you should know that there will come a time when you and all the other nations will be destroyed by triumphant Israel. Darach kochav mi Yaakov akam shevet mi Yisrael umachatz pa'atei Moav ve'kakar kol b'neishet v'ya edom yireisha v'ya reisha sa'ir o'ivav v'Yisrael osahayon v'yerud mi Yaakov v'hevid so there is no counsel. So therefore, Rashi says, it's hidden. I will counsel you and also tell you. Teda. Rashi proves that this is true. Shibil'am hisi'am eitzazu bezimah. Bil'am was the originator. It was his idea to send out the daughters in order to entice 
the Jews, Shinemar Hain Haina Hayulib Ne Yisrael Bidvar Bilam. Later on, when uh, the Jewish army attacks Midian and they don't kill all the women, they spare them. Um Moshe Rabbeinu rebukes the, the commanders of the army in Perek Lamed Aleph Pasuk Yud Alid Pasuk Matot Vayikzof Moshe al pikudei ha-chayil Sarei alafim Sarei ameyot Avim mitzvah milchama Vayom alahem Moshe Hachitem Kol nekeva Have you spared the women? Hen hena hayu levnei Yisrael Bidavar bil'am they, the women, specifically, obviously referring to the story of what's called Hibbenot Moab, and there's Benot Midian. But it's clearly, they were the ones who were the stumbling block for Israel. In the matter of Bilam. Chazal almost always understood the word Dvar to mean not just matter, but speech. And even here, what matter are we talking about? They, the women, were the stumbling block for Israel. Bidvar bil'am, limsor ma'al b'ashem, al-dvar pe'or, v'tehi ha-magifa, v'adat ad-ashem. So it says quite clearly, Rashi claims, that the story of b'not pe'or, b'al pe'or, was bidvar bil'am. And then, the Pasuk continues, asher yasa'a mazal amcha, mikra katsar hu. It's a shortened Pasuk, but it's two different things. I atzcha, I'll give you advice, and also I will tell you, Ma'atidin laharal mu'ab v'chitim. I'm also telling you what will take place in the future. So, the Ramban denies, in terms of pshat, this explanation. And as we'll see, he will, in fact, deny, in terms of pshat, the entire story. First of all, in terms of the pshat of the words. I'atzcha, Ramban says, does not mean counsel. And that's, he simply removes the, the point of Rashi's comment. It doesn't mean to counsel. Milashon zot al-kol ha'aretz. He says the word itza doesn't mean advice, it means a plan. Lehitya'etz is the plan. Of course, the pasuk here in Yeshayahu, zot ha'itza al-kol ha'aretz. This is what is being prepared, planned for the land. Hear what God has planned for Edom. And he has a few other examples as well. In doing so, the Ramban has laid the Pasuk back into simple Pshat. It's not two different things. I will... What does it mean? It's a transitive verb. I will disclose to you the plan. That's maybe the weaker point in the Rabban's thing. I atzcha ki ashomeya etza yikra noatz. A person who hears an etza is called a noatz. So i atzcha, I will make you into a noatz. And those, I will make you into the one who hears the plan. There's no way to translate them to normal English. But the Rabban claims that that's the correct interpretation. Ani yo'etz, I am planning, and if I tell it to you, you are the no'atz. You have shared the plan. And i'atzcha, li'ya'etz, is to share with you the plan. So therefore the Pasuk says, let me share with you what is God's plans, what will take place, 
at the end of days, what this people will do to your people. Notice the Pasuk simply has only one, one piece of content. I will share with you the plans of God, what this people will do to your people in the end of days. And this whole story about giving, Bil'am now giving a piece of advice to Balak, how to lead the Jews astray into sin in order to cause God to be angry with them is simply not taking place. Now, what is the reason for the Ramban's doing so? So, first of all, because it's Pshat. I mean, the uh, Vashi broke the Pasuk into two and Mikra Katsar made it a, an abbreviated Pasuk because most of the content is missing. Two, the Ramban claims, somewhat more generally, that the Nivuot, the prophecies of Bil'am, are historically advancing. Each Nivuah talks about a later and later stage, and therefore this Nivuah is only, we've come up to the Imot HaMashiach. HaNivuah Hazot Imot HaMashiach here. Ramban has a scheme here, which he's quite insistent upon. He expands upon it in length, and Ramban I began to show how each of the four, and now the fifth, Nivuot of Bil'am are progressive, historically. And therefore, it just doesn't fit into the scheme of things that you should all of a sudden give him a piece of advice. So talking Nivuah, we're talking prophecy and not, and not advice. He surely wasn't advising him in the name of God. And I suspect that the last point is very, very important to Ramban. Bil'am is now a prophet. He's not in general a prophet, but he's now prophesying. And that's the role for which he has significance. I don't doubt, my father does not doubt that he was a wicked person, malevolent person who was probably capable of giving this sort of advice. But that's not what he's doing for us. That's not his role in the Torah. And, and what he's about to do is to begin to speak in the name of God. As the Pasuk says, etc. There's just no place in Ramban's understanding of the way the Pasha is put together for this sort of uh, uh, vicious advice. Now Ramban later on when he gets to the story of Benot Moav, returns to this point. There Rashi also returns to the point. It says in the Pasuk, Vayashev Yisrael B'Shitim, Vayachel Ha'am, Liznot et Benot Moav. The description in the Pasha places the blame clearly on the Jews. The Jews began to um, act promiscuously with the daughters of Moav. So Rashi adds right away, Al Yidei Atzad Bilam. As he already explained previously, this whole thing took place in any event because of the advice of Bilam and apparently the daughters of Moab went out and they attracted and they, and they caused what took place. So obviously the Jews are responsible. But uh, it all began with an Eitzah of Bilam. The man then says, this is Pasuk, Perich uh, Pasuk Aleph. Uve Emet, meaning I agree, in other words, it's true, it's true that it wasn't the women on their own, naturally, because they were promiscuous. And of low morals, they went out and this took place. This was done as a political decision made on the highest levels. I think Rabbi is really pointing out how despicable it was. 
for a couple of loose women to go out and, and, and get involved with Jewish men could take place. But here he's pointing out that, yes, there's a debate, Rashi's basic point is true, that this was a decision of the governments, of the, of the leadership of uh, Moab and Midian. What's the man's reason for that? Clearly because later on, next week's Pasha, God commands the Jews to go to battle with the people of Midian and to exterminate them. This incredible punishment is really vicious and, and, and extraordinary punishment. Way beyond what we're used to accepting. I don't just mean international law. It's, just, it's, not, it's not the normal Darkash Torah. What we require is not that some Midianite women were promiscuous, but that the Midian as a nation had, had chosen to to do a really terrible thing. The terrible thing was not merely that they uh, were bad to the Jews, but that they prostituted their own daughters. And in fact, uh, the Pasuk is, uh, is, is clear. Later on, when God tells uh, Moshe to uh, do it, in, in the beginning of this week's Pasha, it's coming week's pa- uh, next week's Pasha, beginning of Pinchas, encompass the Midianites and smite them. Because they, as a people, are, are uh, attacking you, injuring you. And that's why he sold it to them. Then, later on, in Parshat Matot, when it takes place, when it's actually the war, the war uh, takes place, it says, um, take the revenge of Israel from the from the Midianim. So, so the pasuk attributes to Midian as a nation the actions of these women. So the man says, of course it's true that, that it wasn't the women's own initiative. But it was a, it was a decision. It was a, they were sent by Ziknei Midian and Shehem Bigdolehem, the man says. V'lachen yitachen shaya bil'am ba'etza. Then the man says, and therefore it's possible that bil'am was also part of it. Shehu gedol atzatam. For he is a well-known wise man among these people, Midian and, and, and Moab. V'datol haradi Israel, And no question that he wished or would wish to injure Israel. And he'll do whatever he can. So the Raman seems to be supporting it, but listen to the language. And the Raman is very, very sharp. The Raman says, it could be true. Knows what he's saying is there is no reason in Pshat to think it's true that Midian, Zikne Midian, the leaders of Midian, that they instigated the women and sent the women to do what they did. That's Pshat. But there's no mention there whatsoever of Bilam. The Gemara says that Bilam was the original man who thought of this idea. Okay, that could be true. It's not. It doesn't defy the possibility because one, he was a smart man. Two, it's very possible that they would take his advice. And three, he was an anti-Semite. But 
this is not the Ramban defending the position of Ashi. This is the Ramban subtly undermining the position of Ashi. He's saying the only basis for this Gemara in Pshat is that it could be true. It's possible. It's also possible that Paromer Mitzvayim gave this advice. It's possible that Aristotle's grandfather gave the advice. It's possible that Bilam would have done this. Uh, and that would be the reason why when the war with Midian takes place, the Pasuk says that after killing all the Midianim and killing the leaders of Midian, it does say that they also killed Bilam. In Perek Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Chet, they killed the kings of Midian together with all the other victims. The five kings of Midian. So the Gemara is explaining why they killed Bilam at that point. He wasn't a Midianite. He wasn't included in the kill of the Midianim. So the answer is because for the same reason. They killed the Midianim because of what they did. Therefore they killed Bilam at the same time. So the man says, okay, makes sense. But then he says, Aval, al lo bekan. But in Pshat, in our Pasha, in Pashat Balak, this so-called Eitzah, the man has already said the word Eitzah doesn't mean advice. But this so-called advice is not mentioned in the Pasha. The only reference to it is this pasuk that I quoted from Pashat Matot that when Moshe Rabbeinu got angry at the Jewish commanders and said, why didn't you kill the women? He said, they were the ones who who were the stumbling block for Israel al-devar bil'am. That's the only place where there's a reference to some words of bil'am that are connected to Balpah. Okay, so the man says that it's mentioned there because it comes to explain why they killed him. Comes to explain why they were, it was very important to kill all the women and why it was important to kill Bilam. So there the Pasuk mentions his his responsibility for instigating the plan. But Ramban repeats, but in terms of our Pasha, it's not found, apparently it's not important. What, what is Ramban really saying here? He's saying, if you ask me why Bilam was killed, it's because he said this plan. If you ask me why the plan took place, in order to understand our story, why is it that after, at this point in Shittim, the Jews had this episode with Benot Midian, Bilam is not relevant. In other words, the Ramban is willing to accept that Bilam was a terrible person, perfectly capable of giving this plan, and therefore deserving of death, eventually. But he's not willing to accept that in the historical narrative, what did Bilam do that his role includes the role of being uh, 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 um, subverting the morals of Israel. I would guess that means it would take place in any event. There were plenty of other people thought as well as he said. It was all the Ziknei John, and Bilam was one of them. In other words, the personal responsibility of Bilam, yes, he, he deserves death. But what I said before, in terms of what is Pashat Balak about, it's about Bilam the prophet. Bil'am the magician, not about Bil'am the person who gave wise and evil counsel. And therefore, to understand our story, there's no need to mention him whatsoever. He's not crucial for understanding what takes place with these women. Don't roll 
the responsibility for the action itself on him. It's between the Jews and Midian. And when they killed all the Midians, they killed him too because he also did part of it. He also was connected to it. That's what the man seems to be saying now. And therefore he says, later on, when the action is over and they're coming to take revenge and there's the war later on, so then it mentions where the idea came from. And there the Pasuk says that, first of all, you should know it wasn't based on the natural sinful tendency of young men and young women to be promiscuous or sexually active. But it was a, it was a piece of advice. In other words, first of all, it wasn't really to catch, he's saying, the Pasuk later on mentions it, to explain why we killed them all. It mentions the story about Bilam. In other words, why? Not to tell you that Bilam is responsible, but to tell you that it wasn't simply sinfulness, but it was a, it was a, it was an etzai, it was a council, it was a plan, it was a political decision. It's going to explain why we killed all the Midianim. Therefore, it says Advau Bilam. It was his idea, but that's not to catch him so much as to explain that it was an idea rather than uh, simply the Eitzahara. It wasn't the natural tendency of, of promiscuity of some men and women, but it was Eitzara Allah Hadicham. And that's why it deserves such a terrible response. So that we had to mention, it wasn't much mentioned that it was Atzad Bil'am, but to mention that it was Eitzah, and not, and not sinful uh, uh, tendencies. As I said before, Eitzah doesn't mean to give advice, it means... Uh, what I said already. And then the Mamban is not satisfied. Now, what the Mamban has said so far is that our Pasha, the story of what Bil'am's role in Jewish history is, irrelevant, not important, that he gave the Eitzah. Later on, Pashat Midian, it's also not that important. It's important that somebody gave the Eitzah, in other words, that it was a plan and not merely uh, loose living. But it was a political decision to attack the Jews. And therefore it's mentioned there because it's important there to explain the response. The war of vengeance. But Ramban is not satisfied. You see, he's making an effort here to really deny the story of Atzad Bilam. So far he said, it might have taken place. It's not the pshat in Lecha Iyatzcha and it's not the pshat in explaining what the, the, the story itself. But it might be true and has certain significance for the background, namely why they killed him as well. So far, the only thing he's willing to concede is why did they also kill him? Why did they kill all the Midianim? Because the highest political bodies of Midian made this decision. Why did they kill Bilal? Okay, because he was also involved. But then he adds, even that I'm not willing to accept. It's possible also, ki al pure pshat, what took place is the following. Balak wanted to fight the Jews and block their advance into the land of Israel. And then Balaam told them, you're not going to do it. Can't be done. He asked Balaam to give the klala so that he could therefore fight them better. Balaam said, no klala, bracha. And therefore, Balak knows he cannot fight. 
He told them, you cannot fight them. And two, they're, not, they're no danger to you. They're only in the end of days will they attack you. So then, Balak, on his own, So then Balak went on a new path. Instead of fighting the Jews, he brought out wine and women and he led them astray. That was his plan. What does it mean that the women of Midian were a stumbling block to the Jews? Not that Bilam said anything. The words of Bilam, which led the women to be a stumbling block, was his words to Balak, you cannot fight them by force of arms. That's all he said. That caused Balak to choose the next stage. And the reason why the women were sent to entice the Jews was because Bilam told Balak, you can't beat them by force of arms, which is absolutely true, and he did that in the name of God. In other words, the, the, the most explicit reference which says that Bilam was the one who gave this particular piece of advice, Bidvar Bilam, Roman says, doesn't mean it. It means Bilam's words caused it. So you say, if that's true, then why they kill Bilam? The one thing the Rabban was willing to concede was that, yes, they killed Bilam because he had some part in the story of Benot, of Benot Moav. He says, no, they killed him for another reason. He wanted to curse them. And he agreed to go to Balak in his hope that he would be able to curse them. That's how the Rabban explained the beginning of the Pasha. He's hoping that God will let him curse the Jews. And the only reason why he didn't do it was because God prevented him. That's why they killed him. Because he agreed to curse the Jews. Had nothing to do with Benot. Moab. Bilam is killed because of Bilam. In other words, in the end, Rabban says Bilam is one thing only. He's cursing and blessing. And he's killed because he wanted to curse. And his importance is because God wants him to give the blessing. And the Ramban completely divorces Bil'am from the story of Benot Moab. If he is connected, it's a historically accurate fact of no particular significance except to him. Because he will be killed for it. And in fact, in the end, Ramban says, that's not why he was killed. It never took place. It doesn't happen. Again, what is Ramban's motivation in this? There are Pshat motivations, as we described. In fact, in our Pasha, there is no reason to see Bil'am as being active in the story of Benot Moab. But I think the Ramban's greater reason is is to preserve the, I would call it, the um, literary character of the characters. It's not a history. The fact that Bil'am ate breakfast in the morning is not important. The fact that he gave this advice to Mu'ab and Midian, Ramban thinks, is not important if it took place. Bil'am is introduced into our story, he's introduced into Jewish history, in fact, for one reason and one reason only. He has a role to play. He's, he's much more than he's an individual with a real life. He is a, he's a Navi. He, he's, a, he's a messenger of God or he's a, he's a messenger of Jewish history to fulfill a role. His role is to give the brachot which are described at great length in our Pasha. Ramban objects to messing up that story with extraneous ideas. It's true, undoubtedly, he was an evil person. He could have given bad advice. He probably also uh, did other terrible things. But the Torah is not going to tell us those terrible things. Chazal, by the way, tell us terrible things about Bilam. But, but the Torah is not going to tell us because we're not interested in Bilam's moral character. We're not interested in his political acumen. 
We're not interested that he was an evil advisor. And frankly, why assume that he was? He exists to give the Bachot, concentrate on that, and therefore you wind up, interesting picture, Nomban. Of course he was a Rasha. But his role in the Pasha is not to be a Rasha. It's to be Tvah Hashem. He is an unlikely and unplanned voice of God. On the one hand, the Ramban says, he wasn't himself a Navi. He was chosen by God on this one occasion to speak the word of God in the ears of the nations of the world, of, of uh, Moab specifically, so that there should be this declaration of the uniqueness of the Jewish people, of their success, and as the Ramban pointed out, they made a point, Nuvuot Yimot HaMashiach, a rare, very rare occurrence in the Torah. Nowhere is there any such an explicit statement concerning what will take place in what the Mashiach Tarach Kochav Miyakov. But that this Nebuah should be said to the world, God chose somebody who would be called by Balak because of his magic skills. Doesn't interest us. But being chosen by Balak, he would have the opportunity and God would open his mouth and place these great nevuot, the uniqueness of the Jews, and the uniqueness of Jewish history, and the ultimate ending of Jewish history, Darach Kochav Miyakov, story of Melech HaMashiach, that is why Bilam is here, and whether or not he was a good person, or a bad person, or a terrible person, or a smart person, or a stupid person, is therefore irrelevant, and Ramban takes it out, or doesn't allow the Medrashim, or Rashi, put it into the shot reading of our story. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with next week's Pasha. You were listening to KMTT. Torah broadcasts of Yeshivat HaRetzion broadcasting from Alon Shvut in Eretz Yisrael Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.